This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren with Mike Claiborne. I'm Chris Raby on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. We are rolling towards the month of March and with Grapefruit League games starting this past Saturday, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We'll give you we'll give you reactions to what we've seen this week and talk to a couple of Cardinals who have some new contracts. Also, we'll check in with John Mozeliak, the president of Baseball Operations, Ozzy Smith, Dr. Robert Butler, and Stan McNeil. All of that and more as we bring you another week of what's happening in Jupiter, Florida. Klebs, let's run through some of what's happened this week at camp since we last run the air on Cardinals Countdown to opening day, and we'll begin with some notable signings. First, a pair of Cardinals who received new contracts. Miles Michaelis gets a four-year extension that will kick in after uh, this season, and Jose Martinez gets a two-year contract worth a reported $3.25 million. That'll take him through his first year of arbitration. We're going to uh, hear from Michaelis, and you're going to visit with Jose coming up in a bit, but certainly a nice couple of signings and a nice couple of days for both those players, their friends and family, but also the Cardinals organization. Well, I think the Cardinals were trying to really make sure they secure a couple of players that, you know, obviously going to have a huge impact on his ball club. Uh, Michaelis was terrific last year, as we all know. And Jose Martinez is uh, reputed to be one of the best hitters in the game and certainly a guy who can come out the bench and do that and give you some spot starts. He's going to be in the outfield this year. So that will make the adventures less. But I think overall, uh, two good signings for guys who certainly deserve the opportunity. Cardinals also signing Matt Wieters to a minor league deal. Cardinals manager Mike Schilt on the veteran switch hitting catcher. When you got a quality guy like Matt Wieters out there and, you know, this game is about competition. You know, we feel good about Frankie and some of the other guys we've got in camp, you know, Kisner and Hudson and some of the guys. And But ultimately it comes down to depth and competition and you got to experience all-star caliber performer in the past that come in and compete for a job. So um, he's out there, and I applaud us for looking to always look to create that opportunity for our best club. Claves, the 32-year-old Weeders, of course, uh, was at one time one of the top prospects in all of baseball, fifth overall pick by the Baltimore Orioles back in 2007. And he's had a nice uh, last handful of years, the trail end of his Baltimore career and then Washington for a guy who's 32 years old and has caught a lot of innings. Mike Schilt saying that, they just like having the veteran around, called him a quality guy, obviously a quality player who will provide some competition in camp. Well, I think he's a quality player. There's no doubt about it. Uh, how he handles his staff and how quickly he can handle the staff, I think is going to be important. But, you know, uh, Mike Schilt talked a little bit about the fact that uh, being a switch hitter may give him some other options, which says to me, Chris, they're going to look for another guy who can be a third catcher on this ball club because if Weeders can help them late in that situation, I think you'll see him go for it more compared to sitting on a guy who can come off the bench and create something that you haven't had in the past. Let's talk about a guy who is in camp but not working out, and that's Carlos Martinez. A week ago, we got the news that he was going to be shut down from his throwing program for two weeks. Earlier this week on Tuesday, Schilt provided an update. Carlos um, saw it 
a second opinion, which you know I support, we support, just makes common sense. Findings were very, very similar as far as the imaging. Nothing's changed there. Um, did elect to get a, a shot um, with PRP, which is basically puts him in the same spot, but just a little bit further back. He'll be on a two-week rehab program uh, from from here. Um, got the shot yesterday, so. Um, good news, second opinion validated the first opinion. Um, just a little more aggressiveness with the shot. He feels comfortable with it, so we support that. And then um, rehab for two weeks, evaluation from there. How does this affect his potential readiness for opening day? It, it's, it obviously, you know, is, is more impactful. We lost, not lost, but there's another week involved with the, with the throwing program that'll take place. Um, so we'll evaluate it in two weeks, and now his competitions is rehab. At that two weeks, I mean, he has time to be ready as a reliever. Potentially has time to be ready, and we'll evaluate the role at that point. Okay. So, March 12th, I believe. That seems accurate. Will it be the performance of others that kind of shape that? It, it will be. It will be. So, um, you know, camp moves forward, and a lot of good competition in camp, and, and then Carlos will plug in appropriately. How long is he have to wear the swing? Is that just I think that's just a day. Just Yeah, I don't think that's a long-term thing. It's just a stabilization. He's, they don't want a lot of activity after the – um, after the shot, so I'm pretty sure it'll be a uh, one-day deal. So the good news, Klebs, is that the second opinion uh, revealed no new issues, and Carlos elected to have the PRP injection at the Andrews Institute. Uh, two weeks he'll be reevaluated. Well, what do you think this does to his status and certainly how the Cardinals view his role moving forward? Well, I'll tell you one thing. The, the PRP injection, most cases, works. I mean, I've had a, had a couple of them, and it works for me. Now, I'm older than Carlos, but I think that that's probably a safer direction than talking about a surgery or something even more serious than where it comes down to him being shut down for an extended period of time. Especially it, if the shoulder is structurally sound. Yeah, that's that's very important. But it also lends credibility to the notion that maybe he's going to be your closer. I think when you talk about innings at this point with a shoulder, um, it probably serves Carlos better that he comes in for the short spurts compared to trying to get seven innings every fifth day. So uh, I like the direction. I think the Cardinals have done a good job in trying to get out in front on this, and it gives them plenty of time, along with Carlos' time, to get himself ready. I, I had a conversation with him yesterday about conditioning because I think that's going to be important for him uh, when he does come back, and he's got to still maintain all the other things that his body's going to need in order to be effective. So just to be in a sling, you better find some other things to do, ride a bike, do some running, make sure you keep your legs strong and straight. Yeah, it seems like he'll be out of the sling here very shortly, but in terms of the shoulder clips, if recovery is an issue, even if he does you know, start a throwing program in a couple of weeks and either at the beginning of the season or shortly into the season, he's ready to move to, let's just say hypothetically, a bullpen role. If he's your closer, do you have to be concerned about having any physical restrictions or limitations as far as how he recovers and when he's available on a day-to-day -day basis? Good question. I think overall uh, it's a good thing for him to do it at, in the pace that they're doing because if you're going to make him a closer, you're asking one inning, maybe two, later in the season maybe back-to-back -back days yeah often you know? exactly but i think it just comes down to getting the strength and getting the shoulder intact uh and then everything else will follow you know so i i think they're going to go about the right way all right some notable firsts in games over the last few days we'll talk about today in a bit but uh yesterday we saw adam wainwright make his first grapefruit league start two innings six up six down very economical actually looked to throw all of his pitches thought the 
breaking ball was good and just good to see you know Adam out there and a guy who now especially with some injury concerns I think he has been right in the mix for the rotation but certainly that's going to be the case moving forward and we chatted with Wayno about that outing earlier today what are you trying to accomplish yesterday Adam and do you feel like you accomplished it yesterday my main concern was fastball command trying to locate on both sides of the plate with 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 movement and I did that for the most part I still have to hone on the third base side a bit Uh, first base side is better than third base side always has been for me so I just got to continue to work on that and get that ball in on righties a little better than I have been the last couple years exactly what's different this year maybe based on your body and based on how you've said you're feeling and what you were able to accomplish this offseason yeah it's it's been good so far I just got to keep rolling with it you know I'm trying not to Try not to think about anything that happened last year or the year before that. I'm just having fun going out there and pitching and, and uh, just trying to execute pitches. It's really the only focus I have right now. And finally, now that we've seen just about everyone through the rotation for a couple of innings at least once, what do you make of the group you guys have and some of the arms you've gotten to see just a little bit of so far? It's an incredible group of guys, an incredible group of talented pitchers too. These These guys are all amazingly talented. I mean, we were watching Dakota and Gomer pitch today, and Dakota's throwing 95, 96 miles an hour with a foot of sink on it and a nasty breaking ball and a good changeup, and Gomer's throwing 93, 94 from the left side with a big yellow hammer, and you know, it's just a very talented group. It's the guys It's the guys that, that uh, are in that locker room is the main reason I came back this year is because I'm excited about being a part of this group and the talent moving forward. I want to see Klebs as spring progresses how he looks once he gets a little bit deeper, how the velocity looks once he gets a little bit deeper, how the location of his pitches looks once he gets a little bit deeper, because that was the issue when he was starting to fatigue and when he eventually had to deal with going on the disabled list last year. You know, he could look good early in a game, but once he got a little bit deeper into it and he says that physically, you know, he's in a good spot. So we'll continue to evaluate that, and we'll see Adam again early next week. Also, great to see Paul Goldschmidt get on the board and just rip the double down the left field line. And, you know, I understand it's it's spring, and we're talking about a game that was on February 26th, but he's gotten a couple of great ovations, and I'm sure nice to get that monkey off your back and just uh, get a hit and kind of move on and at least maybe not be asked about it. Well, that's you, you're right. Uh, I think when you move to a new team, you want to get off on the right foot. You, as you said, get the monkey off your back. We know he can play. We know he can hit. I'm not even suggesting that there was a monkey on the back, yeah. but, you know, it's something but no, that the I fans think you're right, though. About. No, I think people are like, oh, man, he hasn't had a hit yet. Yeah, well, it's only like three or four games. But I think in his case, from what we've seen and from what we heard, he's a perfectionist. He wants to do the right thing all the time. I don't think he wastes at bats. I think what he's what we're seeing early on, he's tracking pitches to make sure his timing is right. Because if you remember, he got off to a terrible start last year. He was terrible, and he will be the first one to admit it. So I think he wants to backtrack and make sure he doesn't follow that path again. All right, uh, that is what we've seen so far and a couple of updates on some signing and injuries. In our second hour, we'll go more into depth about pitching. A couple of other firsts today and a trio of intriguing Cardinals who are getting ready to make some firsts in Grapefruit League action. Cardinals tickets are on sale now and start at just $5. The 2019 season is full of great matchups with the Cubs, Angels, and more, plus cool giveaways, including six jerseys, five bobbleheads, and much more. Get your 2019 tickets at cardinals.com. Coming up, more on Miles Michaelis and his new four-year extension. That's next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. 
back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you and a busy week for the Cardinals, not just on the field, but also in the front office. Klebs, we touched on the Jose Martinez deal and Miles Michaelis a couple of days later. It actually came down yesterday, gets a four-year extension that will begin after next season, so it will keep him with the Cardinals for the next five years through 2023. Going forward in my baseball career, uh, you know, there isn't a team that I could see myself uh, as a better fit and uh, no team that I'd rather see myself playing for uh, than the St. Louis Cardinals. Miles obviously coming over last year after a few seasons in Japan. And, you know, from a national perspective, I don't really think the deal was paid much attention to. I think even Cardinal fans didn't really know what they were getting in him, but obviously the front office did their scouting, their due diligence overseas, and what a season he put together in, in 2018, and I know everyone really excited about having him for the next five years. How Miles pitched last year, he ended up being the anchor of our, our rotation, and Mike Schilt has already named him the starting pitcher on opening day for the Cardinals and I think when you combine his skill with his leadership and really his ability to help mentor young players it just seemed like as we look to the future he was that natural person to take that next step to carry that for the St. Louis Cardinals. After the J.D. Martinez signing by Boston free agent wise would this be the second best deal that uh, was made in baseball last year for what he gave the Cardinals? Yeah. Uh, money considered, and, and maybe Bud Norris, number three. M- maybe Yoli Shasin with, with the Brewers up there, too. But, yeah. I mean, you're talking about some of the big-time players last year, and more people were talking about what Greg Holland wasn't getting or what Jake Arrieta wasn't getting or what Lance Lynn wasn't getting. And I, I think it goes to show something that we're going to talk to uh, Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselock, about a little bit later, just what it means for a team, clubs to invest in resources in scouting and in development, not just, you know, in Latin America or in the United States, obviously, where teams have had strong presences, but, you know, also overseas and in the Far East and uh, in the Asian leagues. And there have been a handful of guys, Eric Thames, too, that have gone over there and have had success and then have come back to the United States and have come back to Major League Baseball and have, you know, reinvented themselves. Interesting you talk about scouting. With each year that passes, we see more and more scouts not being hired. And somebody better wake up because these guys are the lifeblood of organizations when you can have people that can travel, as you mentioned, the world to find this talent. And and I always wonder, when you look at these players and you think that this country provides as many good players and certainly the Caribbean countries as well, you can still go to another corner of the earth and find somebody who can make a contribution or find a person who went there to hone his skill to come back and make a huge contribution. So the numbers last year, just eye popping 18 and four, a two, eight, three ERA. He got over the 200 inning mark. He had the lowest walk per nine inning rate in major league baseball, only 1.3. He was an all-star. He finishes sixth in Cy Young award voting. And despite the fact that he's 30 years old right now, Klebs, he only, and I say only, has 292 major league innings on his arm. He was very effective in Japan. You have to imagine that's something that the Cardinals evaluated. That's something that Miles Camp probably brought to the table and a benefit for both sides. Well, I agree with you. 
Uh, and the fact that he, he takes great care of himself. He's got a very simple delivery. And the one thing he talked about last year is learning balance. Uh, when you want to teach somebody how to pitch as far as a delivery, and I know mechanics can be different with individuals from time to time. I think his basics are as reliable as anybody. And I think that it was something that went into the Cardinals making a decision to say, not only do we want to extend them, but we want to extend them beyond just the normal one or two years. Throw this into the equation. He's a low-maintenance guy. He's a low-maintenance guy where he's not a diva. He's a guy that shows up and gets his work in and has quietly emerged as being one of the leaders on that pitching staff. Um, and here's the other thing, Chris. He's tough. There is a sign in the clubhouse about what you can't do when, he's in the, when you're in the batter's box against him. You can't lean over. You can't do this. You can't do that. I mean, if you want, if you don't believe me, ask uh, Lorenzo Cain. How many times did he get hit last year for either peeking or leaning over? You've got a swing as well. What impresses you the most, or, or who does he remind you of in terms of a guy who just throws that many strikes, who just pounds the strike zone and doesn't ever really seem to fall behind? There was one I, game. I don't know who who that is because he's so unique. You're right. I remember a game last year, Clib, specifically. It was May 4th game against the Cubs, and it was after he had put together a really good first month, but I think people were still kind of wondering what he was going to be. He gave up four earned runs in each of his first two starts, uh, but he wasn't walking, guys. And in that 4 nothing win over the Cubs on May 4th, it was, I want to say, a Friday night in St. Louis, he went seven shutout innings, gave up uh, seven hits, struck out four, didn't walk anyone, and... He faced 29 Cubs that night. Not only Claves did he not walk anyone, only three Cubs reached a three-ball count the entire game. And for a lineup like that, what Chicago can do to you, um, it's remarkable. And then he retired all three, two of them via strikeout, and one of them, Schwarber, ended up reaching on an air by the first baseman. It's unbelievable. It is. And, you know, you cited that one game. I think we saw that most nights of the year. No doubt. That that was the uh, first time, though, that I said that I started paying attention to that, yeah. you know? Well, that masterpiece he threw against the Cubs in Chicago late in the year was Last one Saturday. Out. Um, but overall, I just think the fact that he spots his fastball, he's never in the middle of the plate, he makes you swing the bat. And the one thing I like about him, he works quick enough where the games don't last three and a half, four hours when he's in there until he, he turned it over to the bullpen a few times. And that was unfortunate because you and I have talked about this. I thought he could have won 22, 23 games if he'd had a little better defense and a bullpen that could have bailed him out. Also, what do you think this kind of signing and this kind of commitment says to maybe a player like Paul Goldschmidt as he evaluates this team, evaluates this talent, and maybe – um, with some of the uncertainty around free agency, who knows? May maybe there are some conversations that happen at some point with Paul. I think that's a great point um, with regard to him looking at the commitment that the Cardinals are making for the future, and they want him to be part of it. Uh, but I, I think that that's going to be something that's going to be huge because I think he's going to be one of the few guys that if he were to go to free agency, somebody would throw it at him. You know, it's not like some of these other guys who go to free agency and they're, they're going to take less. I think he's that guy, and I think it's imperative for the Cardinals to make sure that he sees 
what their commitment is now and what it's been in the past. A good week for Octagon and the agent that represents both Miles and Jose Martinez, huh? Yeah, they're going to have a lot of time on their hands trying to count all that money from the commission. But, uh, you know, it, it works that way. And sometimes that works to your advantage when you have multiple players on a team. Let's give away six ticket vouchers for any single session of the 2019 Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament, March 7th through the 10th. For more information on the Missouri Valley Conference games, visit archmadness.com. We'll give away those vouchers right now to caller 3 at 314-531-1120. And when we come back, another contract handed out as Klebe sits down with Jose Martinez on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. With the stock market at all-time highs, cash in your profits now and invest in an asset that can potentially pay for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-defined accredited investor, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects. Call now to learn how you can potentially achieve 20 or more years of income and deduct 100% of every dollar invested against all forms of income. Call 1-800-803-8511. Invest in your future and buy oil. Encore is drilling in an area that is potentially one of the most prolific horizontal oil plays in the entire country. Oil prices are projected to rise, so you need to own a piece of an oil field. Encore Energy is the most active oil and gas operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investments and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 1-800-803-8511. You'll be calling directly to the home office of Encore Energy. That's 1-800-803-8511. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. We have been going in visiting with a lot of homeowners whose furnaces are breaking down. And along with that, we get an enormous amount of calls for people. They don't know if their furnace is working properly or not, meaning when it's not really cold, it feels like it's heating. But then when the temperatures really dip down, then you'll say it feels kind of drafty. That's very common on the furnaces because the furnaces come equipped with safeties on them to where if there's something malfunctioning, the fire will shut off. It's in, that produces the heat and everything. You can still hear it running. And then the safety will reset. Then the uh, flames start back up and it continues this over and over. And that's why when it's really cold, you'll notice your thermostat is not holding a temperature in your house. But if you're experiencing that or any noises or, and you'll know what I mean by the motors, if it's sounding louder or there is no sound anymore, call me. Bart Inman, one very easy number for Missouri and Illinois, 314-293-2600. Bart Inman, 314-293-2600. Save it in your phone or bartinman.com. Hi, Doug. Hi. Are you? Yes, I'm the future you. Wow, what happened? You're talking about the reading glasses, the hair loss, or the belly. What can I say? It happens. But listen, I've come back from the future because I know you're about to propose to Diane, and I want you to fix my, uh, our past. Just make sure you get the diamond from Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct? I know you're about to go to the other jewelry store, just don't. The diamond's smaller, less sparkly, the rings aren't nearly as nice, and you'll spend more than you have to. Trust me, I have, and you will spend a lifetime trying to make up for that. Just go to Diamonds Direct. Let the experts at Diamonds Direct help you find the ring of her dreams. With our no middleman direct importer diamond prices and our exclusive handcrafted designer settings, we'll help you create a ring she'll be proud to wear way into the future. Wow, thanks, future me. Anything else you want to warn me about? There'll be an office party in a few years. Do not get near the karaoke machine. I'm begging you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Store hours and directions at DiamondsDirect.com. What's more important than profit? At Easter Fence Deck and Renovations, our family name is, you, our customers, and friends are, 
A job well done and doing what's right is more important than profit. Hi, I'm Chuck Easter. In business for over 60 years, we've not lost sight of the fact that a good name is more desirable than great riches. When the Easter name is on your fence, deck, or home remodeling project, you know that the work was done right with integrity, pride, and great care. Our focus is on you, not our bottom line. Call 314-892-8500 or easterfence.com. Living our promise, Busey Associates are committed to you and your community. As a testament to our dedicated associates, Busey is among best banks to work for and best places to work from American Banker Magazine and Best Companies Group. We're pleased to provide service excellence in the communities we serve. To join Busey's award-winning team, apply online today. Busey, your dream, our promise. Member FDIC. Jose Martinez is our guest, and Jose, first of all, it was a big week last week for you where you get a contract extension. You're one of those guys everybody was happy for because I think everybody knows your story and how hard you worked to get here. What went through your mind when you first heard that they wanted to extend you? I mean, it was great. Uh, scary, 100%, you know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you have something in your hand that you may lose it or something for you, just a decision or something. That's why you have to trust in your, in the process and your agency and all the stuff. I think it was a, it is a good relationship with my agency and, uh, and the Cardinals. So uh, I'm, I'm great that we actually uh, got a deal. And you know, this off season had to be one. You on pins and needles. Your name was mentioned about getting traded and this and that. You stepped up early and said, hey, I don't want to go anywhere. I like it here. I mean, I mean, San, San Luis are really me good great, man. Um, people, um, I love the city. Um, this team, this organization, winning organization, this is, uh, I mean, it's, it's a great place to be. I don't, I don't think uh, no one want to live, uh, live here just because of trade or something. I think um, it's going to be a great team this year, too, so you need, like, you have to be part of this team, too. You retired your first baseman, Matt. Now, you gonna be able to get along without it? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what was that. What, I don't know what's that actually. Uh, but you know, you know what it is. Um, with uh, with Goldschmidt and, and Carp and all that, I think uh, we got that covered, hundred percent. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, whatever opportunity, man. Uh, it's all about the opportunities and the chances that you're gonna get over there. And I know uh, I can handle the team with a little stuff, even though whatever is gonna happen in the season. And I think just to be part of this team is going to be a big help. Well, you know, and that's something that everybody said. You're always ready to do something, whatever. Uh, outstanding pinch hitter. When you got the chance to play, you had a chance to really do some things. Uh, is that something you learned early on, just to be ready no matter what and keep putting the work in? I think uh, it's just a lot about opportunities, man. I think you have to take advantage of that, um, especially right now that baseball has changed so much and there's a lot of players without a job and, and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I'm great uh, that I actually have the opportunity to put this uniform on and go out there and do what I love, uh, play baseball and just have fun out there. Everybody knows you can swing the bat. Give me three things you try and do as you walk up to to the plate and get yourself ready to go because you, you're really busy in the box. You got your hands moving, your feet moving, everything's moving, but it just seems like you lock in at the right moment. So walk me through your process. I think uh, the main thing is uh, knowing what the pitcher is doing. Um, actually, you know, we got a lot of good uh, play, uh, coaches and all that that give you the right information to the pitcher. And then you have to do uh, is uh, keep it simple. Go out there and, and just trying to get uh, have good at bats, good at bats, go deep in the counts and, and make that pitch work. You know what I'm saying? Those, those uh, pitch pitches that they actually want you to swing. Just eliminate. You're trying to just simplify of that. You're trying to hit the good pitches. You're trying to just put the bear on the ball, 
and and just let let the ball do whatever she want to do. So um, for me, just go out there and be positive and 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 just think like you always gonna win. You always gonna win. Like that a bad or something. Even though you strike out, you still thinking. You're walking back to the dugout. You're still thinking that you win because uh, you may gonna have a chance to face him next next time. And you're gonna see, or you you you're gonna know what's going on, or, or what what he threw you to you last time. So that process, that's that's all me. Like I'm, I'm, I never forget on a bat. I never forget pitchers. I never because uh, I always said uh, maybe next time I get like that key that bat or something that it will matter. So it's always like get get like concentrated on what you're doing. So I know why we have so much technology where they've got computers where they can store it. Your computer is in your brain. You, you you know these pictures and you know what they like throwing. That's it. I think if you if you if you got your same plan every single time, I think it's gonna work. I think the I think hitters get in trouble just because they want to change plans in the middle of the bat or the next bat. I'm gonna try to do this different. And I think if you stay the same the whole year, good things will happen because you're gonna feel comfortable yourself and and. And now, when when everybody start talking and saying that, well, how are we gonna get this guy? Guys does the same. So that's how you uh, um, you hitting and, and the stuff you're gonna go up because uh, you know what you're doing out there. You're gonna show that you're concentrating on what you're doing out there. One of the things I notice about you, <clears throat> a, you're not afraid to hit with two strikes. B, even if the guy's throwing to what you might call a weakness, you you are able to foul pitches off enough where he's got to come to you at some point. I mean, you know, you know, with those pitchers, um, it's, it's weird, but it's weird when when they're gonna try to put the pitch like low and away, constantly, you know, or low and in constantly. When like you have to expect if you see a good pitch or something, you, you have to eliminate him still, even though you swing at it or something, you have to think that he's not gonna throw that pitch again. He's gonna hang it or he's gonna put it in the middle or something. You just have to change that mentality, even though. You're gonna swing a pitches, and you're gonna say, "Well, that's pretty nasty." You're still gonna go back and say, "He's not gonna throw that again." Even though if you throw that again on the same pitch, you stake it. You know what I'm saying? That's all it is. And 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 I think that's my mentality. Though, that you trusting, trusting, and, and saying that you're not gonna beat me, even though you're good or you're Sion or something. You're gonna strike me out. You, I'm still gonna win. I'm still gonna win. I think we all remember that at bat against the Rawlers Chapman, your first at bat with the Cardinals. And I think everybody looked around and said, wait a minute here, we got a new game going on here. I think, um, like I said, you know when, when, when you're coming out of the uh, minor leagues or something and you see, sure, big league game, it's highlights or something, you know Chapman's throw more than 100, 100, 100 uh, miles per hour every single time. So that's not a reason for you not to wait for the fastball or be ready for the fastball. And and it's not like he's gonna go, he's gonna run to you. No way, he's just gonna come to you. He's gonna go after you. And and as soon as he feels, I think that you on the fastball, of course, he's gonna try something else. But I think if you are aggressive with him and and just be ready for the top, keep it simple. You try to try to try to just throw the barrel on the ball, you'll be fine. Easier said than done, I might. <laughs> <laughs> I think right now, I mean, it's either less four miles less than him, because everybody's throwing hard right now. You know, everybody just moving, cutting the ball, sinking the ball at 96, 97. That means you have to be ready for the fastball every single time. For you, uh, on a personal note, you're from Venezuela. There's a lot of things going on there. How is your family right now, and how are you dealing with that, trying to make a living playing baseball but also thinking about your family? I mean, um, when when it's time to work, it's time to work. Even though um, stuff is difficult over there, or my whole family is over there, but they understand, and, and, and I know they're okay because they care themselves. So uh, every time I go out there, I don't think. So, I mean, sometimes I'm in the field and I'm thinking of it, but I'm trying to just get out of there and just trying to be uh, uh, concentrated in the game more or something. I mean, it's hard, 100%. But uh, 
it's, it's my job, and and I don't think I don't think it's, uh, that opportunity that that is just gonna be in the game. It's just I'm gonna say, oh, it's just because I'm thinking of my family. I don't I don't think it's gonna it's gonna work. You know what I'm saying? If you go out there, you gotta be ready to win, and ready to play hard, and just uh, commit to just gonna go out there and do a good job. You in a new tax bracket now with that contract? Have you bought anything fun yet? Uh, not yet. Uh, not yet. Uh, we're just thinking about how it's gonna, how it's gonna, uh, it's gonna work this time. Trying to get a little more help to Venezuela and my people, and and on and on. Just get that, get that stuff. Just put it in the bag. You don't never know what's going on. You never know what's what. Everything can can change in baseball because I know that 100. <laughs> percent I know that, and I know I'm gonna be really preserving and, and reserve it because. Um, you don't never know. It's a situation of baseball and all kind of stuff. You don't even know what's going on. Well, keep smiling. You got another reason to do that and keep being the player that you are. And again, congratulations on the contract and have a fun year. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. The Cardinals Kids Club presented by Rawlings is the fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes exclusive Cardinals items, two tickets to a 2019 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only party at Bush Stadium, and much more. Visit cardinals.com slash kids club to join. More from the performance director, Dr. Robert Butler, next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. It's always great to visit with Dr. Robert Butler. He is the director of performance for the St. Louis Cardinals. And how often do you cross over in sports? I mean, because I'm sure there are guys that do this in other sports. And I'm sure you guys probably, I'm sure you guys exchange information on what's working in your sport compared to somebody else. How, how often do you engage in that? I try to do it as much as possible. If I'm in a city, um, we've got some unique connections in Memphis. Mm -hmm. We've got some unique connections locally. You know, it's no different than than other uh, businesses. It's, it's relationships. So when you go into relationships, um, I just had a new colleague uh, start as a director of performance at the Orlando Magic. And so, you know, what's it look like when you have a you know playing roster of 16 and a performance staff of 12? And what that scenario and setting looks like. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that the NBA has just now gone to this G League so the question is, well, how do you manage that? Well, we have about seven G Leagues. So, you know, it's, it's all about understanding what you can monitor, what the return on the investment is, and really, once again, how do you create the best possible competitive advantage by leveraging this information and support the players? Because obviously the skill stuff's happening at a very high level. And we just want to make sure that they're able to maximize their on-field development by what we're supporting off. And so basketball is a good example. I do think the closest model because you know, there aren't many sports that have seven levels to them. So you really have to go to, you know, you're back to talking about Europe, Australia, now even Canada, where they talk about this long-term athlete, athlete development model to think about going down to your junior system. You're under 12s, you're under 14s, you're under 17s. Like, what does data look like in transfer? And there, obviously, you have the different effect of, which is someone we deal with our DR Academy, you got testosterone ebbing and flowing at different levels, which creates different opportunities for growth in some areas and maybe less effective growth in other areas related to the athletic development of the individual. So hitting those things at the right time in the right sweet spot creates the best potential chance for growth. And if you don't hit it, we maybe need to refocus what our efforts are because they just may not have the hormone profile to really optimize what you're trying to optimize, even though you think you really need this in the player, how do you create that in other ways? So, um, so yeah, so we often... We learn the most from other organizations, and I would say that, you know, that's certainly within sport, 
but you can certainly look outside about what the U.S. military has done by creating a less siloed approach to their models of their um, interdiscipline units, right? Their interdepartmental units that kind of required, if you look at some of the work with through General McChrystal through Team of Teams and kind of some of the areas where they were just, they had to learn about how to be more effective and more efficient because if you return the wrong hard drive from the raid, you get the wrong information that may be not reliable or may not, maybe not valid. So you, you, once again, it's that idea of, are you collecting the signal or are you collecting the noise related to the overall mission? Dr. Robert Butler, Director of Performance, is our guest. We'll be back with more after this. Dr. Robert Butler, the Director of Performance for the St. Louis Cardinals, is our guest. And, Doctor, we talked a little bit, and you touched on something with regard to performance. We think about sports, but the military, obviously, when you talk about Army Rangers and Navy SEALs and some of the specialty units, they have to be able to assess and know how far their soldiers and, and seamen can go as well. How much do you try and incorporate from what you see from the military into what you deal with in sports? Yeah, I'm very lucky a lot, uh, to have colleagues in the military, uh, particularly with uh, the U.S. Army at, at very high levels, who have gone through, um, who are focused on keeping uh, the sons and daughters of this great country healthy and well to be able to deploy and do their job. And when I was coming up through my time at Duke University, we were working on some research. And, and at that point in time, the U.S. Army alone lost $100 million in duty days related to overuse musculoskeletal injuries. So this is low back. This is ankle. This is quad. And this is not from a battle per se. This is getting ready for the battle, right? And so once again, you, you get to some of the correlates of how do you handle that in Fort Sam, JBLM in Tacoma, right? Like, and how does that connect when you all of a sudden you come to um, Fort Bragg and, and what's that information look like? And it also helped us create not necessarily how data should flow, but how do you support those individuals? Because, listen, when that SEAL team or that special ops team lands, it's not just about the tools necessary for the mission. It's the tools to support how they get ready for the mission. So they land with kettlebells and they land with jump rope and they land with, you know, different types of bands, of different tension to make sure that their physical abilities will allow them to support whatever the mission requirements are. And so when we think about what are those anchors of a program that can be found at Peoria, Palm Beach, Springfield, Memphis, once again, the last thing we want a guy to do is go to Springfield and be like, I don't know how to use that piece of equipment or where does it fit in my program? It's a distraction. It's not efficient, right? And so, but if we have that familiarity with not only the structure of the program, but the implements of the program, then the athlete now has more time and more energy to focus on the baseball development piece of it, which once again, that's all we're trying to support. You work with a number of trainers, and you just talked about kettlebells and bands and ropes. You know, the military uses them, athletes use them. When you work with these guys, the trainers, you guys are all on the same page about equipment, what works, what is, what the outcome is going to be with it. This is a lot different when you think about trainers than being able to do a figure eight ankle wrap. I mean, this has become a much more complex industry. No, I think that I think that it's it's really interesting because um, you know coming online, you've, you and when you look at other industries or you know, maybe maybe just more, let's just go to your you know a high level hospital setting, right? You have your people that are good in their silo, but and you know often if you cross over too much, you may not get the right insurance reimbursement for that. Mm -hmm. So the mission is not the patient; the mission is the dollar. That's different. We don't the, the dollars are important, but the player is way more important than that. So the efficiency with which our certified athletic trainers and our certified strength and conditioning coaches connect 
we don't want any information lost there. And so it's not rare when you will walk into our sports medicine area here and our weight rooms here and not know, is that a certified athletic trainer or a certified strength conditioning coach? Because they're on the same page about what they're doing and what the goal is and what we use to accomplish that. Because in the, as long as you know what the outcome is and what you're trying to achieve, right. listen, the human body is an amazing thing. There are thousands of ways to figure these pieces out. Now, for the majority of pieces, bell-shaped curve, 85% of these tools work to create this outcome, but the most important part is knowing you didn't create the outcome, so we gotta do something different. This person needs a different skill set. And what if they're not sleeping enough? What if the nutrition isn't optimal? It's really hard for musculoskeletal, neuromuscular things to stick or change if you don't have the right body environment for those things to adapt and change. Head to Cardinals Nation March 3rd for Mardi Gras Brunch. This $35 brunch includes live music from the Backwater Stompers Band, a mimosa or Bloody Mary, plus free admission to the Cardinals Museum. Reserve your table today at cardinalsnation.com. We are back to wrap up Hour 1 of this edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, right after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. All right, back to the field. Bases loaded. The pitch for Yanni. Here it comes. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's a grand slam. Oh, a green slam home run for Yadier Molina. He touches the ball. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Second hour of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren Off and Running. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. Our executive producer is Ben Boyd. Mike Anderson is back in our studios. Don't forget Cardinals tickets on sale now, and they start at just $5. The 2019 season is full of great matchups with the Cubs, Angels, and more, plus cool giveaways, including six jerseys, five bobbleheads, and much more. Get your 2019 tickets at cardinals.com. All right, let's get a little more in-depth on some of the pitching front, Klaibs. And there is a trio of Cardinals who I think folks are very intrigued by for different reasons. One is a newcomer, Andrew Miller. One is a young player who exploded onto the scene and could be in the mix for the back end, certainly is in the mix uh, for the back end of the bullpen, but perhaps a closer role. That's Jordan Hicks. And the third is Alex Reyes, who is... Just kind of across the board, I think, someone that, that fans are very, very excited about. Uh, none of them have gotten into any game action today. They are all on track, though. Andrew Miller threw another side session today, and we heard Mike Schilt say that uh, he should get into a game back up in Tampa where he actually resides uh, early next week. Uh, Jordan Hicks also on track to get into a game perhaps this weekend. And Alex Reyes is going to throw one more live batting practice session. But I think they're thrilled with where Alex is and how he's coming along. And he's not in a rehab portion of camp anymore. John Mozillock said that to us last week, Claves. One of the things that, that we felt was important in this camp was for him to feel part of the camp. Um, you know, clearly the last couple of years being part of the rehab program, not really being part of the day, the day-to-day was something that I think he found frustrating and I can only imagine if you had a third year in a row of that so you know we're, we've been very intentional of making him just feel normal in this camp now clearly we have to be smart about it so let's start with Andrew Miller and the fact that you know after he had some lower body issues to steal a hockey term I was about to ask year, you where a, we're going. but will be great to see Andrew into some game action up in Tampa next week yeah and I think it's important for him to 
to get off to a good start and make sure that he's healthy. I mean, that was one of the concerns and the teams had about him. You know, is he finished? Is his knee and some of the other issues he had so debilitating that he won't be effective? Because you don't need him in March. You need him in October. Exactly. So I'm not really overly concerned. Take your time. Heal up. Make sure you're doing everything you need to do. And, you know, we'll see you when we see you. So I'm not really overly concerned. I like taking the same approach with Jordan Hicks. And as of now, no indications from anyone that there's a physical reason why he's been a bit behind other guys. But listen, this is someone who, you know, had thrown only a handful of minor league innings, none of them above a ball until last year when he was in the big leagues and was in the big leagues for a full season, was used a ton in the big leagues last year and was used in a lot of high leverage and, and high stress situations. So I have no problem again with, with Jordan Hicks being kind of brought along at a different pace. I don't need to see him in grapefruit league games, you know, on February 27th. Well, we didn't see much of him in grapefruit league games last year. That it turned thing, out yeah. well. Yeah. I, I think with him, the, the key is not overdoing it and making sure he doesn't overdo it. I mean, he's a physical specimen. Uh, and I don't want I don't think they want to really mess with that, but I think they also have to scale him back a little bit also. Um, you know, that hundred and five mile an hour number is something I know he's been thinking about and surpassing that. And I don't necessarily know if I need that. I just need to make sure he's throwing strikes and not throwing it down the middle of the plate. Alex Reyes, as we mentioned, is not in a rehab portion of camp. He's in regular camp and he's moving along, even I think a little bit ahead. What some folks expected, he threw his second live batting practice earlier this week, a couple of days ago. It was the first time that hitters were swinging. And I say swinging yes. because they weren't necessarily making contact. Here's Reyes after that session. So you throw another live earlier today. How did it go, and uh, what were you feeling like? Um, you know, it felt great. Um, it felt good to get out there and face competition. You know, it's been forever, but... You know, it's another exciting step in, in the process that I am now. Schultz says he was really impressed with uh, your breaking ball. How do you evaluate how some of that stuff's coming along, especially trying to get the feel of it with guys in there? Um, you know, I feel like my breaking ball is pretty much, it, it's been solid, and I feel like it's ready. It's, it's game ready. Um, you know, I was able to use it today in the, in, the, in the zone for a strike, and, I mean, I didn't really get him to chase, but I threw a few good ones in the dirt that maybe with some different pitch selection, I might, might be able to get him to swing at it. You throw cur just curveball today. Have you thrown your slider yet? No, I haven't. I've been working towards just getting healthy and, and then incorporating that slider back when I'm in game action. Well, Schilt went a little bit further. He said that from the outfield, you made some guys look a little silly with the curveball. Um, yeah, it, it, it was coming out of my hand good. I, I'm guessing it was looking like my fastball if they're reacting that way, and that's what's important. Are you pleased with where you are as far as that kind of feel, Alex, getting the ball, where it's coming out of your hand, your, your angles? Uh, because I know you said you're progressing maybe a little bit faster than you even expected at this point. Um, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm pleased, but the only reason is I, I won't be pleased until I'm back in the game. But, yeah, you know, the ball's coming out of my hand well. I don't know how hard I'm throwing, but, you know, it's coming out with, with some life, and, and that's all what's important right now. As far as what manager Mike Schilt saw. Look good coming out. Aggressive, assertive. Curveball was dirty. Um, you know, and his, his ball was coming out cl really clean on his heater. So, um, really positive day for all three of those guys. I just was cackling in the outfield to myself with some of the, yeah. some of the, um, some of the pitches that were being thrown, and just, just the, the, I mean, just dirty pitches, just plus elite pitches. And I was just like, 
happy. So another live BP, Klaibs, and I know Reyes, the organization, fans, everyone, but but especially Alex, chomping at the bit to get into a Grapefruit League game. He made the point he hasn't appeared in a Grapefruit League game over the last two years. That's right. And, and you know what's going to be really something we have to pay attention to because he's still on the 60-day. You know, he might be as good as anybody, but there may not be a spot for him, and he may start in Memphis. There's some arbitration issues that come into play, too. You know, he's got two years of service already. And uh, I think the Cardinals have to be very careful in how they handle the situation with him. Um, but they haven't held him back. And if he's the best pitcher, they may throw him out there early and just roll the dice and say, here we go. So that brings me to my next question. And it goes to Alex Reyes. It goes to Dakota Hudson and Austin Gomber, who we saw today. There are a handful of guys that I think you're really excited about what they could bring to the table. There are all service time and arbitration considerations to be had, uh, which unfortunately, I guess for a player, but for the club is just part of the business. But there is also a consideration balancing their role and a potential role with the big league club and what you want their role to be moving forward. The Cardinals have made no secret that they want Alex Reyes to be not only a contributor this year, but a guy who can contribute 180 innings next year. And what does that mean for this year? Does it do any good to have him in the bullpen throwing 70 innings? We've heard Mo talk about that, heard that in the last hour. Dakota Hudson, if he's someone that you think you uh, might want in the rotation next year and want throwing that 180 inning mark like Jack Flaherty did last year, what do you need to get from him this year? And does it do him any good to be in the bullpen? Here's what Mike Schultz said. We want to be mindful of just a general example, general question. So if you say, all right, this player is now going to be a reliever for you in 2019, his numbers look like X, but potentially he could start next year and, and his innings need to be Y, I can't do both at the big league level. Like, you know, we, I, we can think about it, but this isn't the developmental, you know, part of where we are at. Um, so mindful of it thinking about it but um sometimes you can't have your apple and, and your orange together you know so we just best fit for what's now and, and with an eye towards where that player could be used in the future and try to blend that but we do realize we got to compete now so Claves, again a lot of considerations i know sometimes you could just take the five best guys or you could take hudson and reyes if there's not a spot in the rotation and throw them into the bullpen but there's a lot to be thought about when when making those kinds of calls it really is and i think that they're both going to be in a rotation next year uh one way or the other you need to get that mindset already going in that direction in my opinion um so you mentioned 180 innings i'd rather for him to get 180 innings somewhere this year to be ready to give me 200 innings next year when they're going to be bona fide starters in the big league so it, it's tricky and we've talked about this a number of times already that you're going to have to write these lineups down in pencil because the the competition and just the skill set is not going to allow you to make some hard decisions early in camp because so many guys have so much to offer. And I had a chance to visit with Mike Maddox about that as far as the amount of innings that are available to the 10 guys that they want to stretch out, and the math doesn't add up. Yeah, Dakota Hudson, to put into perspective, in 2017, he threw 152 and two-thirds innings. Last year, between Memphis and St. Louis, 
he threw 139 innings. So actually went back a little bit. I'm not saying right now there's a magic number, but you can have him in Memphis where the objective is not necessarily we've got to win every single game like the big leagues. You can control his workload. You can keep him stretched out. And then Hudson or Reyes or whoever, you can bring them up at some point and and turn them loose and not have any restrictions, but also say even if he's in the bullpen, we know he's going to be good next year for whatever we need because he's already banked 80 innings in Memphis. I agree. Um, Here's the other thing. With those two, it gives you so many options with your big club. If you want to skip a start for a guy – Here's a guy that you can bring up. I mean, there's so many things that go. If you have an ouchie or maybe a strain, instead of forcing your way through it, bring him up. Especially, Let him get some big league especially experience. Especially with that 10-day. And we yes. know those guys are going to be up this year. That's a 10-day injured list yeah. these days. Yes. <laughs> okay. 10-day sore. But we know those guys are going to be up this year, so we know they're going to have an option year burned at some point. But there are other guys who are out of options. So, I know it's not always the optimal situation for the player, but the organization can take advantage of that I-55 shuttle, the Memphis to St. Louis. And I'll tell you what, I'm sure Mike Myers was a lot happier last year being up and down on that shuttle than being in Memphis the whole year. I think everything's on the table, but I think there are considerations that that sometimes come down to math and and dollars in math as well. John Mozeliak, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, joins us when we come back on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. The Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you. And we have a chance to visit a little bit more with Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mozeliak. Klaibs? I want to talk a little bit about uh, pitching. You and I had a conversation, and I remember a few years ago when the organization went all in on pitching as far as a draft and signing guys. Now when you walk out here, you, you see this incredible surplus. I, don't, I wouldn't call it surplus because as we've learned, you never have enough good pitching. But you have such a, a, a dearth of talent it's come full circle now because these guys can, they're bona fide pitchers. Now, how much better will they be? Well, we're all thinking they're going to be better. Um, have you ever been part of an org- this organization for sure? You've run this for a while. Have you ever seen this much talent from pitching, especially homegrown, which is, I think, even more uh, congruent to what you've been able to do? Have you ever seen it this deep? I don't think so. Um Perhaps historically we've been a little bit more balanced when you think about our, our binary league system, but you know, we were very aggressive and, and, and going after young pitching for a while. And I do think when you look at, at, you know, sort of the overall uh, depth of our minor league system, you'll see a lot of the, the pitching depth is at higher levels, double AA, A, triple A, and, and perhaps arguably the big leagues. And you'll see some offensive of capabilities or talent more at the lower levels and and so you know there strikes sort of the 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 the, the, you know maybe the decision that we have to decide is like do we now go back to try to add some more pitching to this system or do we just simply take the best available player i think that's a tbd but i do think when you're pretty intentional about how you want to think about adding talent we we were we did that and i think we're seeing some of the rewards of that how do you weigh what a player like an Alex Reyes or Dakota Hudson, a, a young 
pitcher, John, uh, anyone down the line, what they could give you and what they could contribute at the big league level, but perhaps in a bullpen role versus a long view of what you would like uh, to get from them eventually and um, when you would like them to potentially be able to throw a full big league season. Yeah, so I was sitting uh, on, I guess, field one today, and, and there was a gentleman behind me, and he was just talking baseball with me. And it was, I mean, it was actually a really good conversation. And it was a very similar question on how you think about young arms. And as we were sitting there talking, I said, look, you know, we've always historically been a team that moves pitchers fairly quickly. And to do so, they usually start in the bullpen. And then you have that sort of push-pull decision. Do you leave them in the bullpen or do you get them back into the rotation? And, and obviously you can think of Trevor Rosenthal, someone that had come up as a star- starter, thrust it into the bullpen, ended up being a closer, and never looked back. Carlos Martinez, on the other hand, as you guys all remember, came up in the bullpen, then went back into the rotation. Now, those are just examples. Um, what's the right play for each person? And that's ultimately what you're trying to decide. And, and I think the biggest question that we always have is how much growth or innings growth can you expect from year to year? Example, you pitch 100 innings this year, Mike. What is realistic for next year? Is it 120? Is it 140? Or is it 160? Now, there is no science that says you should do X. And so a lot of it's based on feel, but I don't think many people want to be making that decision to have Mike go from 100 to 160 and then Mike yeah. gets hurt. So there's there's that fine this line. This thoroughbred? Well, you know, it just I didn't even recognize Mike when I got down here this year. So where'd he go? I left the bad guy at home. Look Man. at it that way. I know we're on radio, but you do look good. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, I wanted to ask you about your staff. Um, there's some new coaches, and you've got a new role for a coach or what we call game planner. Talk a little bit about the different roles we have with different people. Well, sure. So, you know, one of the things, obviously, when, when Mike Schilt was named manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, we wanted to take a hard look at, at directionally where this – team was going and and under his leadership what he wanted it to look like and one of the interesting things he told me was he wanted to have a a staff that had high baseball IQ and that just seemed smart to me and so when you look at at some of the coaching changes that we made it was based on on people that were innovative creative and willing to try things and the staff that remained was very open-minded to that same type of thinking. And so I think the blend of what you're seeing uh, with this current group is, uh, is a group that knows just because we did it last year, we need to do it again. They sort of look at it differently. Is there a better way to do it? And I think it's, it's been fun to work with. You, you had mentioned uh, that young man, Joey, um, who we brought in. His role really is to help be a, a, a connection to more of the analytics in baseball and how you think about using that yeah. in in not only decision making but also in development of players. And so one of the themes of this camp is is to promote growth, promote the 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 opportunity for players to get better. Um, you know, I, I heard Mike Schultz say the other day, we don't really want to hear about you just did your work today. I got my work in today. What we want to hear is that you got better today. And, you know, 
I think it's maybe a little play on words, but it, it sounds right to us. And, and so that's how we're approaching it. And, and I feel like the energy behind that and the enthusiasm behind that with our staff has been uh, impressive. You, are you seeing maybe an enthusiasm uh, from players to use data or technology themselves in, in self-evaluation and try to use it perhaps to their advantage, Johnny, well, even if it's outside of the film room at the ballpark? But some of the technology out there right now allows you to almost make it feel like a video game. So when you're working in the cage, you can understand your exit velocity right away. You can understand your launch angle right away. Are those helpful tools to make adjustments? Sure. Do you want to solely look at that as your decision-making? The answer is no. But I do think the younger generation of player, especially players that played at a high-level Division One school, they were already exposed to some of these technologies. And, and so the professional leagues, um, where some of the things we were very cutting-edge, like a track man, other things like Rapsodo or Blast Motion, we might be a little later to the game in this, but ultimately we want to provide that because we do have a demand from the players to offer it. You know, I want to, I'm, I'm fast-forwarding now. Win the World Series. How hard is it for you as a guy who oversees everything to keep good talent within your organization, not on the field, but administratively? Because everybody's trying to look for the, the next fix or the next idea, and they look at the teams that are successful. And let's face it, the Cardinals have been successful. I think we have a good team this year. But what happens, and, and, and how challenging is that for you at this point? Because good talent is hard to find. Probably one of the more stressful parts of my job is is understanding employee retention. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, again, like you know, people listening to this show tonight or, or most of us that think about my role, it's, it's, it's the major league team. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's, it's overseeing the whole thing. And what I mean by that is, is like they're really good coaches in our minor league system. They're really good scouts in our scouting department. They're really talented people that work in our Dominican Republic program. And all of those people are also being, trying to be taken from us. And so we've had to create a, a business model that allows employees to have internal growth. It allows employees to have ambition. It allows employees to be compensated accordingly because we don't want flight risk. We don't want to lose key people. And, you know, over the, I'd say probably the last five to 10 years, it's become much more of a focus than it did when I first started out in the game. Game's competitive. And to your point, if you have a quality person, they're going to, they're, someone's going to come after them. And so we want to create an environment where people don't necessarily want to leave. Now, if it means you're going to get to manage a major league club somewhere, Probably going to be hard to yeah, stop, right? It, exactly. Right? Yeah. But if it's just to change your title and take you away, that's that can be frustrating. So I think the the industry itself knows that this is a real problem. But you know, I I do think internally it is something that we have our eye on, and I, I would hope that if you know when you're talking to our employees when you're out and about, you realize that they feel like they're in a good spot. Head to Cardinals Nation March third for Mardi Gras brunch. This thirty five dollar brunch includes live music. For the Backwater Stompers Band, a mimosa or Bloody Mary, plus free admission to the Cardinals Museum. Reserve your table today at cardinalsnation.com. Ozzie Smith with us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. 
It's always good to see Ozzie Smith, who has been a busy man here at spring training so far. You, you thought you were coming down here to have an off time, but they putting you to work down here. <laughs> they trying to get their money's worth. <laughs> no, but it's great, Mike, you know, uh, having a chance to come down and, and uh, see the guys. And, you know, I like to come down early and watch the guys as – uh, and a lot of the new guys, too, you know, watch how they develop. You know, I look at some of the guys that I, I, I saw a couple years ago and see where they are now, and I see a lot of development and, and a lot of improvement. So um, I, this has been a good spring. It's, it's been great, and it's been fun. I know people who see you down here say, oh, he'd make a great coach, and he'd be this and he'd be that. I don't know you love the game. I don't know if you have time to love it on, a, on an everyday <laughs> basis, but do you see yourself in a role – or would you be interested in something where you can take on a handful of guys and check in on them and make sure that fundamentally in the things you work with starting in spring training you'll see during the course of the year? Yeah, you know, I could see myself in a role like that, Mike. And, you know, it's it's been a, a kind of an evolution. You know, when you when I got out of the game, I wanted to get away from it completely because it was so so consuming, life consuming, you know. So I, I didn't want to get, I don't want to get back into the life of, of, of an everyday baseball player where you're traveling and doing all of that. But I could certainly see myself in special, um, in, in a special role, you know, spending some time with some guys who could use a little, um, you know, I'm not going to say uh, expertise or How about mentoring, mentor, yeah, a, a mentorship and um, and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm open to that. What do you see when you come down here and you see when you watch games the common mistake we see with young players, especially middle infielders? Or is there one that you learn from growth, but everybody starts off with this one thing that they all do incorrectly? Well, you know what? Uh, here it is. It's, for me, and I, what I try and get across to people, and it, it's hard sometimes to it, – it's not, it's not easy to be a, a good teacher – because what happens is things that come very easily for, for some of us are things that are complicated for other people, you know. So you have to be able to break down the fundamentals and what the fundamentals are. And a lot of times, you know, I found myself in situations where people ask me, well, how'd you do something? And I go, well, this is, and I go, oh, shoot. Um, <laughs> because I'm so, yeah. so used to just doing what I do. Yeah. And so, you know, I have, having time now to, to, to be able to, understand exactly what it is that you do it's all about timing and making sure that you know things get parts of your body get to the to a point at the same time like fielding fielding is like dancing you know when you when you when you when you, 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 you there has to be some rhythm to it you can't just go out there and put the glove down and think the ball's going to go in there you know uh, getting yourself in a good fielding position and teaching those things like that i think are very important to guys because they haven't been talked. Yeah. Nobody's ever said it to them, you know. So you, you'll see, and especially down here, that's why I get down here early, so that you can see those guys in their rawest, rawest form and, and start teaching them those little things. And it's the, it's, it's the little things that you do on an everyday basis that, that pay the biggest dividends. And, and once that becomes a way of, of life for you, a way that you practice every day, it, it all, in the end, will, will pay those dividends for you, the dividends that you're looking for. You, you talk about teaching, and you're right. I think teaching is one of the hardest things there is, especially when you're trying to teach a person to get from point A to point B. Yes. I mean, we automatically assume things, but you have to scale it down to make sure, basically, like this person's never seen this that's before, the, never exactly done right. it before. That's exactly right, and that's the way you have to approach it. And and it's it may seem like it's... Um, um, it's a um, it could be a burden 
um, or, or is something that we, we shouldn't take for granted. We really shouldn't take for granted that a guy or, or a young kid knows exactly what you're talking about. So uh, you have to start. You can't assume anything. You have to, uh, you have to assume that that kid uh, has never seen it, has never heard it before. And, and, and go with the basics. You know, um, people sometimes would, would think that I'm trying to t teach a guy the way I played it. No, I can't. i got to teach it the way that it's going to be most comfortable for Mike Claiborne to play it. Well, you got your work cut out for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to use me. You know, you talk about rhythm. Somebody asked me about you the other day. Well, how's Ozzy doing? I said, he still takes throws at second base, even in the drills, and you still have that hop step like somebody's still bearing down on you. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a matter of survival, and, you know, that becomes a, a part of your everyday life, you know, getting out of the way. And so they throw the salt to you, you, and you start, start, hopping. start hopping, you know. So, But that's just something that's ingrained in there, and, and, and it's one of those things that I was born with, Mike. And that is, it's like riding a bike. That's never going to change. You were born with certain things, but you worked at other things. And the one thing that everybody who saw you play said the guy really was great because he worked on the fundamentals more than anybody else. Yeah, it's, uh, that's what it is, and that's what we talk about down here. You know, when you talk about Cardinal baseball and the way that baseball is played in St. Louis, that's what we were good at. We didn't beat ourselves. You know, we, we executed the fundamentals, and, and, and I talked to the guys about Understanding, if you got good fundamentals, you always have a point of reference. But if you don't have good fundamentals, what, what do you refer to? You're always reaching. You're, you're, you're always in the dark. And that goes with, with uh, defense as well as offense. Let's go to fundamentals for a second. Give me the three things that every infielder should make sure they have in their fundamental wallet. Well, first of all, you've got you to be able to keep your head down. You've got to be able to read. It's easier to read a ground ball from, from low to high than it is from high to low. And that means, you know, you want to get down as low as you possibly can to be able to read the ball. You want to be able to feel the ball, and I always try and tell them to feel the ball on the instep of your left foot. If you're a middle infielder, if you feel the ball on the instep of your left foot, your hips are already going in the direction you're going to throw the ball. Um, the third thing is that um, be aggressive. You know, don't let it come to you. Even playing, uh, you know, whether you're playing on grass, astroturf, or whatever, astroturf has a tendency to make people lazy because it gets to you much quicker. But you still have to be aggressive. That was one of the things that I learned moving when we bo had both astroturf and regular fields. You know, you had to stay aggressive even on astroturf. And that's, those are the three things that I think are very, very important. And anytime you're having a problem or you're not, you're not feeling the ball or you're booting balls or whatever, get more aggressive. Go get it. Don't allow the ball to, 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 uh, to beat you. The Cardinals Kids Club presented by Rawlings is the fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes exclusive Cardinals items, two tickets to a 2019 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only party at Bush Stadium, and much more. Visit cardinals.com slash kidsclub to join. Quick break, and then we're back. Stan McNeil of Cardinals Magazine joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. It's a countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amron, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you. And it's great to have with us in Florida in our Jupiter studios, Stan McNeil from Cardinals Publications. 
It's a little better weather down here than uh, what we were experiencing in St. Louis this winter. You've been a busy person. Uh, you don't work just when the season works. You work all year round. You've had a chance to do a little traveling in the off season as well. Yeah, the, the issue that is just coming out now uh, with Jack Flaherty on the cover, I was able to go out to L.A. and <clears throat> hang out with Jack for a couple of days and kind of watch his uh, workout routine. and uh, Take in a Laker game or two? Take in, took in a, the, the last uh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron, James showdown. That was actually turned out to be a pretty good game, but uh, came away very impressed with uh, young Mr. Flaherty. Is he a guy that's maybe a little bit ahead of the curve with regard to mm -hmm. his maturity? Absolutely. And, and, you know, maturity all for sure. And also just the, the way this guy trains, you know, I mean, he's just turned 23 and he's been working with personal trainers and, and coaches for probably since he was 12 or 13 years old. You know, I mean, I know that uh, the place where he's working out now, they've recorded, they've got the results of every workout he's done with them since like 2010, Jeez. you know I mean? And, and that's very like 40 different things they measure that they record every now and then. And uh, just to give a little bit of the story away, there's more than 4,000 athletes in this database, including 3,000 baseball players. And Flaherty in overall athleticism ranks number one. Of all, not surprised. Of all those guys, I mean, he just—he was number two all off season, and then uh, the day before, he took off for spring training. He—they uh, tested him, and he moved into number one. Who was number one before him? Chase Darno was number. Oh one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm always so. amazed, guys, by uh, a young player, but Flaherty specifically, who not only has all this information about himself, but then he takes the time with you know an actual notebook and a pen and paper it's important to him to whether he throws aside or, or starts or is watching video go down and he says sometimes right after sometimes when he gets back to the house write down what he took away from that day and that's something that you know no matter what line of work you're in i certainly wasn't doing at age 23. <laughs> yeah no i mean uh his his former high school baseball coach i think said it best he said jack's not going to be one of those guys who doesn't get everything he can out of his ability you know I mean he's just that focused and obviously the guy is just uh, so gifted so when you add the the physical just the natural gifts with the kind of the dedication and the focus and just the the intelligence that goes behind what he's doing it's uh, could have a long nice long career I think he's great on social media too and I've heard him say like hey you know if I put it there I'd I'd say it out loud and, and that's a perspective that a lot of people should have when it comes to social media, I think. But especially for an athlete, it's great to see that side of their personality sometimes and some of their thoughts on stuff outside of baseball. Stan McNeil is with us. And again, Cardinals Magazine, 345-9000 is where you can order uh, Cardinals Magazine. You can also go to cardinals.com slash magazine, and you can check out some of the great perks that you get for subscribing you can get the e-magazine as well uh give us an idea of something else that you're looking forward to or something else that folks can look forward to in uh magazines upcoming as we get closer to opening day well in this issue uh the other <clears throat> another story we have there's a lot of good stories in this issue there really is uh but one was i talked to a bunch of people in phoenix with the diamondbacks about paul goldschmidt we've heard how upstanding 
character he is, character guy, great teammate. And uh, I can tell you, I mean, the people I talked to were like the the guy that stands outside the clubhouse, the clubhouse security, the person that would go with Goldie for community appearances. Uh, Daniel Descalzo, we talked to for that, and they all, all of them came away. You come away thinking like this guy is just uh, just about too good to be true. The real deal, yeah. Cardinals.com slash magazine. And, uh, again, check out all the great perks. You'll get a couple of tickets to a game if you subscribe. You can get the print edition, the digital edition. You can also call 345-9000. Stan McNeil, appreciate the time. Have a great rest of the trip. And looking forward to seeing you back in St. Louis for uh, opening day in the 2019 season. Thanks for the time. All right, let's give away some more tickets, six ticket vouchers to any single session of the 2019 Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament, March 7th through the 10th. For more information on the Missouri Valley Conference games, visit archmadness.com. We'll give away those vouchers right now to caller three at 314-531-1120. We're back to wrap things up next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. We will wrap up this edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren, the first edition of the program where we have had some games to talk about. Been a lot of fun and looking forward to uh, even more fun over the next week before we speak again. Do you want to tell you about the 2019 Cardinals official calendar? It spotlights the signature artwork of the club photographers with a special salute to unbreakable Cardinals records. And it's on sale now for just 10 bucks. available only at 314-345-9000. But you can get one right now. We'll give away a Cardinals official calendar to caller 5 at 314-531-1120. Big thanks to all of our guests tonight and also a big thanks to our executive producer, Ben Boyd. Mike Anderson is back in our Cardinals Network studios. And Ann Carroll always helps us out from the St. Louis Cardinals radio network. For my partner, Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. This has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren right here on the St. Louis Cardinals radio network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.